Hello and welcome to the J. Clinton Cyclopedia Activity, a review of current guidelines for depression treatment by Alan J. Gellenberg, M.D., who is from Penn State College of Medicine, Hershey, Pennsylvania. This activity is part of the Improving Outcomes in Depression CME series, which is supported by an educational grant from Eli Lilly and Company. The American Psychiatric Association published a full update to their treatment guideline for depression in the year 2000 and a partial update in 2005 and are preparing another full update which as of this recording has not yet been released. Other major Western guidelines for depression treatment were released by the World Federation of Societies of Biological Psychiatry in 2002 and 2007 the British Association of Psychopharmacology, and the Texas Medical Algorithm Project in 2008, and the National Institute for Clinical Excellence, and the Canadian Network for Mood and Anxiety Treatments in 2009. Each guideline addresses both major depression and sub-threshold or mild depression, except the Canadian Network and TMAP guidelines, which only cover MDD. All of these guidelines agree on the need for a biopsychosocial assessment of patients' overall health issues, uh, the risk of harm they may pose to themselves or to others, and stressors that may be affecting them. Other universal recommendations include individualizing treatment for each patient, using standardized measurement tools to track symptomatology, prescribing an appropriate dosage and duration of a medication, and treating patients to remission. Although all of the guidelines are evidence-based, some treatment recommendations may be influenced by factors such as the makeup of the author group, an underlying mandate, and cultural perceptions of mental illness. For example, certain cultures might view medication as less necessary for anxiety than depression. However, the American and European guidelines tend to agree on the basic principles of treatment for major depression, especially moderate to severe cases. Depending on the guideline, treatment for mild depression can include an antidepressant and or psychotherapy, exercise, complementary and alternative treatments, or even just active monitoring if it's possible that an episode might resolve itself. The Clinical Excellent Guideline includes options for computer-delivered cognitive behavioral therapy, guided self-help, and sleep hygiene education. Depending on the patient's history, low intensity of treatment should be tried first. But if the patient has chronic mild depression or a history of severe depression, then an antidepressant or evidence-based psychotherapy are appropriate first-line treatments. Generally, the first-line treatments for moderate depression is an antidepressant or some form of psychotherapy as monotherapy. The combination may also be effective, especially when the patient has significant psychosocial problems or a comorbid axis to disorder. Commonly recommended first-line medications for moderate depression include SSRIs, SNRIs, bupropione, and mirtazapine. Psychotherapies include CBT, interpersonal therapy, cognitive therapy, and behavioral therapy with activity scheduling. For severe depression, the most elaborate guideline comes from TMAP, 
which has algorithms for psychotic and non-psychotic MDD. In all of the guidelines, first-line treatment options are electroconvulsive therapy, a combination of antidepressant and psychotherapy, or if the patient has psychotic features, a combination of antidepressant and an antipsychotic. The definitions of response and remission vary among guidelines, but most agree that first-line treatments need a trial of 8 to 12 weeks. When starting treatment, see patients every one or two weeks to assess improvement and gradually and persistently increase doses until either remission is achieved or patients' tolerance limits are reached. At least four weeks of treatment and an adequate dose are needed before response can be determined. If patients don't remit after an adequate first-line treatment, a second-line treatment is needed. In some guidelines, the second-line option for partial response with no intolerable side effects is a short-term continuation of the first-line medication with or without an increase in dosage. Another option for partial response is augmentation with a second antidepressant that has a different mechanism of action than the first. Switching to a different antidepressant or to psychotherapy may be recommended if there was little or no response to the first-line treatment. Despite the guideline recommendations, the STAR-D study found that neither switching nor augmentation were particularly effective second-line strategies. In fact, the likelihood of response or remission decreased with each additional treatment step. Therefore, choosing a first-line treatment that best suits a patient's individual illness profile is crucial. All of the treatment guidelines agree that patients who reach remission should continue their medication at the same dosage for at least six to nine months to achieve recovery, after which maintenance treatment is usually needed beyond one year. Because episodes of major depression are highly recurrent, many patients will require long-term or even lifetime treatment. During the continuation or maintenance phases, meet with patients regularly and pay particular attention to treatment adherence. If a patient is going to stop taking an antidepressant, discontinuation should be gradual, although the specifics of discontinuation may vary. A new APA treatment guideline for MDD is expected to be published in 2010. New developments that will be addressed include issues surrounding antidepressants and suicidality, electroconvulsant therapy, complementary and alternative medical treatments, new results from major clinical trials, and new research on psychotherapy and antidepressant pharmacotherapy. Several new medications have been studied and used for depression since the last APA guidelines were published. Some of these new drugs are achieving better results than the others, but none dramatically improve the current state of antidepressant therapy. Of note, some atypical antipsychotics have been found to be useful as adjuncts to standard antidepressant therapy and perhaps even as monotherapy. Of note, sertraline, which is available as a generic drug, appears to be the most cost-effective option overall and stands out as a potential first-line recommendation for the new APA guideline. Advances have also been made in non-pharmacologic treatments, although, again, none is a clear breakthrough. 
CBT and interpersonal therapy have demonstrated efficacy as monotherapy and in combination with pharmacotherapy in the acute and maintenance treatment phases of depression treatment. Measurement-based care is essential in deciding when to continue a treatment or to move to another treatment. Of the accepted strategies for depression, no single approach is always better than another. Some strategies may have more evidence of efficacy than others, but many factors affect study outcomes, such as the severity and subtype of the depressive disorder, the number and length of previous episodes, the type and duration of previous treatment, comorbidities, and other patient-specific factors such as adherence. Until personalized medicine using genetic testing for patients with MDD is available, choosing treatments according to evidence-based guidelines and algorithms will give patients the best chance of recovering from major depression. Thank you for listening to this presentation. To earn CME credit and to listen to additional audio presentations, go to cmeinstitute.com slash cyclopedia.